Hello and welcome to Season 4. It's a podcast that seeks to encourage and inspire you on your journey. Well, we are just about to go into our next episode. And as you've seen from the title, this is about Asbury. And more importantly, it's a chat with a friend of mine who went there. One is how he got there was quite extraordinary. What happened when he was there and more vital is now what? So let's go straight into this conversation right now. Well, we are with my next guest and um, it is a special episode. We are taking a a one week or a one episode break from our normal uh, um conversations with people that have a some sort of theme or, or a link to the devotions uh, that we have um, every episode because we are with Josh Green who um, works with 24-7 Prayer and I I know his mum Deborah some of you will know Deborah Green from Redeeming Our Communities from Rock um, who does amazing various different projects and she shared with me, or she sent me a WhatsApp message. She said, Josh is going to Aylesbury. And I looked at it and I thought, did she mean Aylesbury or Aylesford? And I, then I, I just went, thanks a lot. That's like, so what? <laughs> um, and then I got a message from a friend of mine said, oh, Matt, have you heard about Aylesbury? And I was like, no, what are you on about? And then he sent me a YouTube thing. And then your mum sent me something about uh, about something on Facebook, and it was like, oh. <laughs> so look, um, Josh, um, tell the world who you are, and let's go straight into this one, because this is um, hot out of the oven, as they say. It's <laughs> exactly what it is. Um, yeah, my name is Josh Green. I'm the youth director for 24-7 Prayer. Uh, so if you've ever come across a guy called Pete Gregg, written a lot of great books about prayer um started out as a youth sort of prayer movement nearly 25 years ago now in a prayer room in chichester now we're in over half the nations of the earth with 24 7 prayer going on got an app called lectio 365 that helps people pray day and night and uh, i head up all of our youth stuff so really we're looking ahead at the next 25 years saying how could we uh see another youth-led prayer movement begin to spark off um across the nations through now you know all of these contacts that we have like how could we really see things explode and um over christmas uh, god drew me to the scripture exodus 33 11 um, which basically says moses went in and out of the tabernacle but joshua a young man did not depart from the tabernacle and i literally wrote on the bottom of my Bible, which I have here, which you can't see, but I have it here. And it says, uh, Lord, raise up a generation that don't want to leave the, the tabernacle. Yeah. Little did I know two months later, I'd, I would actually be sat in a room of young people who don't want to leave the presence of God. And it's, you know, news are reporting all about it and it's going all over the world. And, uh, it was it was estimated that a hundred thousand people went through this small town in Kentucky over two weeks. Uh, this town only has a population of five thousand, um, and basically that's it's mainly just this university that's there, Asbury University. 
um, and essentially a group of eight or nine young people uh, decided to stay behind uh, after their chapel service. Um, so there's a theological seminary on one side, there's a main university on the other side. Both have chapel services. At the theological seminary, that's where they want to go to chapel. The normal universities where they don't want to go to chapel. And yeah. uh, just like Jesus, the revival broke out on the side of the university where they don't want to go to chapel service. <laughs> um, you know, it's just quintessential Holy Spirit. Um, and so, yeah, a guy, a guy who is now a, a friend of mine uh, was preaching, you know, in his own words, a very ordinary ser sermon and said, you know, if you want to stay behind and do business with God, then then do it. And eight or nine young people out of the thousand or so that were there decided to stay behind. And then other young people started to join them. And then they just began to sing worship songs. And then some of the professors started saying, when are they going to come back to class? You know, what are we, you know, what's going on? And, you know, as the days went on, it started picking up traction on social media and then people started traveling and then people started getting saved. People wow. started getting healed, you know, deliverance is taking place. And then words like revival and outpouring and renewal were starting to be used. And really to, because of that scripture, that I had over Christmas, I was desperate to see it. I just wanted to be in the room. I just wanted to just, you know, not that I needed it, but I just wanted my faith to just be lifted, that yeah. God could do this. Yeah, yeah. God could raise up a generation that don't want to leave the presence of God. Mm -hmm. So, so, so I, but a lot of people who didn't watch that Facebook, why don't you tell the story about, uh, uh, what you were up to and then something happened <laughs> <laughs> so i was it was a, it was a thursday night and um obviously i'd been reading the reports about asbury and desperate to go um but was probably thinking maybe i could try and go in a couple of weeks you yeah. know maybe but i i hadn't you know, I'd done a few Google searches for flights, very expensive, and I thought probably not going to happen, but I'll probably, you know, the joys of the internet, I'll probably just enjoy it from afar. Yeah, um, yeah. And so it's a Thursday night. I am through security at Manchester Airport flying out to Budapest for a different um, work trip. Yeah. Um, and a friend of mine's texting me. We, you know, we're just texting back and forth, forth about just work stuff. And I say, hey, listen, I'm about to board a flight. I'll call you when I land. Yeah. And he says, where are you going? And I was just about to type, I'm going to Budapest, when the Holy Spirit interrupted me. Wow. Uh, this is where the journey began. The Holy Spirit interrupted me and said, um, where do you really want to go? Huh. I said, I, I really want to go to Asbury. And the Holy Spirit said, type in the text to your friend, I'm going to Budapest, but I want to go to Asbury. Press send and then watch what I'll do. So at this point, I'm very much thinking, is this just me? Yeah. Like, or is this a God thing? And, you know, over the years, you learn to just lean into the still small voice sometimes, especially when it's just something like sending a text. I'm like, yeah. this isn't going to cost me anything. Yeah. So 
I, I, I type out, I'm going to Budapest, but I want to go to Asbury, press send, and two seconds later, a friend of mine who is already in Budapest, who is part of our travel party, calls me and in a hurried tone basically says, we're thinking about cancelling this Budapest trip and just redirecting our flights and all going to Asbury. And I was thinking, in my head, I was thinking, I don't know if I can afford that. This sounds crazy. Where are we going to stay? You know, I don't have any money. You know, how are we going to get there? America's massive. Uh, my wife has only let me, you know, go away for two days. This is probably going to be like a four-day journey. We've got yeah. young kids. And whilst my brain is thinking all of this, my mouth comes out with the word yes, absolutely. <laughs> you know those times where you say words and you wish that you could grab them in the air and put them back in your mouth as you've said them? That was one of those moments. Oh, yeah. I'm one of those uh, guys. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah. And, but... But actually, what began to happen was this faith started to rise up in me that actually, I think God really does want me to go there. You know, I just it feels like the Holy Spirit is on this. And if if God wants me to go, you know, he's going to make a way. And I spent a lot of my years traveling around the world, preaching the gospel as part of a band. And we used to live by faith. Essentially, we raised all of our salary. So, you know, I, I, I believed God many times before for finance and it was time to believe him again. And mm-hmm. um, do you know how hard it is to get out of the airport once you're already through security? <laughs> oh, mate, honestly. So I essentially just figured out it's going to be easier to get to America from England rather than being in Budapest, not necessarily knowing, you know, anybody there. So I decided to um, try and get out of the airport somehow. You had to be escorted out. You know, oh you can't just walk. You can't just walk backwards through security again. Yeah, so they escorted me out. They we all had a laugh and a joke about it with the security guards and stuff. Yeah, and you know, I get back outside of Manchester Airport, um, and I start looking for flights. Um, the, the Holy Spirit also told me to set up a um, a GoFundMe, yeah, uh, to raise money for the trip. So I set up the GoFundMe, and as I'm doing it, the Holy Spirit says you will raise all of the money by the time you land in America. Wow. And I'm thinking, I've raised money before, but I've never seen it happen that fast. But at this point, like, everything's happening so quickly and, and stuff seems to be getting confirmed, like, lightning quick. So I kind of had this sense in which, like, yeah, I'm going to not resist the Holy Spirit at this point. I'm just going to roll with it until yeah, yeah. until it goes wrong. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, it's like that story where Jesus tells John the Baptist, you know, I need you to baptize me. And and and, and John's like, no, you need to baptize me. And you're kind of reading it thinking, John, it's probably not the best thing to say no to Jesus at this point. Like, <laughs> just, just let him do his thing. Yeah. Even though it doesn't make any sense. And this is a life of faith, right? It doesn't make any sense, but somehow God comes through. And um, so I set up the GoFundMe. I go home, talk things through with my wife. She's cool with it, which was probably the biggest miracle of all. I hear Uh, you. Shout out to my wife. Um, We booked the flights uh, on a credit card, which I do not condone whatsoever. You know, I hate all that fake it till you make it stuff. But, you know, we probably could have afforded it, but it would have taken us months to pay it off and stuff. But, hey, there you go. Um, 
And yeah, I, you know, we book it in faith essentially. And I remember even making a promise to my wife, I will raise all of this money like by the time that I'm back. And again, words coming out of my mouth and I'm thinking, who's speaking right now? It's the Holy Spirit speaking through me. <laughs> and um, yeah, drive down to London the next day, I had to take a flight from Heathrow because they were half the price and put a video up on social media to say what I'm doing, thinking everyone's going to think I'm a nut job. Yeah. Yeah. And I put I put the video on social media, put the phone in my pocket walk upstairs, go through security. And I'm noticing as my phone is going through the conveyor belt that my phone is going ding, 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 ding. And I'm thinking, what's going on? I pick it up on the other side of security. I'd raised 30% of my target in 15 wow. minutes. Wow. I was thinking, okay, something is going on here. Yeah, yeah. Meet a friend of mine who's traveling with me on the other side of security we're chatting i realize through speaking to him that i'd not set a high enough target like this is going to cost a lot more money than i thought yeah <laughs> so i pull out my phone to change the target and i'd raise 70 percent of my target in 45 minutes goodness me like i've never seen anything like this i raised the target to higher than what i'd set 50 percent higher than what i'd set that's how off i am with maths <laughs> um and you know we have a coffee we get on the plane and just as we're about to take off my phone dings and i hit my first original target that i'd set wow in two hours i'd raised all the money that i'd first set i'd not reached the target that i'd extended it to yeah, but i yeah. first target and so the plane's going off and i'm off in the sky and i suddenly think oh but because I'm trying to be very aware of what the Holy Spirit said to me, because I'm literally going to America based on this still small voice. So I want to make sure that I'm fully hearing him correctly, because if I'm yeah. missing any point, this is a huge risk. Yeah. And suddenly go, hang on a minute. I felt like the Holy Spirit told me that I was going to raise all of the money by the time I landed in America. Wow. Wow. But I'd raised all the money before I left, which, of course, I'm not super worried about. But I'm like, OK, am I mishearing something? Mm, mm. And the Holy Spirit said to me, yeah, but I'm sovereign, Josh. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was yeah. like, yes. Is this a theology lesson right now? Like, what's have, have I, you know, have I, got, have I got bad theology on the sovereignty of God? Yeah. yeah. And I said, well, like, what do you mean? And he said, I knew you were going to raise your target. So when I said you're going to raise all the money to get there, mm. I meant including when you were going to get to the airport and realize you're not set enough money on it. So I'm talking about the raise target. And he gave me an exact figure mm. on the plane of how much I was going to have raised by the time I landed in America. And I wrote it in my journal. I told my friend next to me. Yeah. Holy Spirit just said this. We land in Charlotte, North Carolina on our first stop. I connect to the free Wi-Fi there and to the exact number I'd raised what I wrote down in my journal. Goodness me. It's actually over and above the extended target that I'd set. So that by this point, I'm thinking. Got to be here. Know. You're meant to be there. Like, I've not even got to Asbury yet, but God's in this. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, and then we get to Asbury. Um, uh, there's just so many miracles. I mean, 
a pastor met us at the airport who decided to put all eight of us up in his house yeah for free. like we, we we only had to rent one car because this pastor had a car to take us there was just so many things to it where just breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough and eventually we get to asbury and one of the leaders who's helping oversee everything is waiting outside for us walks us past the line yeah. of people you know there's this queue half a mile long of people waiting to get in he walks us past this line and he's like oh you're the group of intercessors from europe like come this way <laughs> what's going on <laughs> you know uh, and we get walked through the back door and suddenly we're in this sanctuary that i've just been seeing on social media wow. of you know 1200 people in just non-stop prayer and worship predominantly young adults everybody who's leading the thing is is under the age of 25 on the stage and you know there's no green room there's no reserved seating there's no like you know lights there's no smoke machine there's no screen to even read the song lyrics come on there's no yeah production there's no smells and bells there's no celebrity pastor there's just a group of young people who couldn't care less that you've just walked in the room yeah they are fully fixed on jesus with tears rolling down their face and yeah that was the friday night of our first couple of days of the trip so i mean that's just a bonkers crazy <laughs> i mean genuinely so you are there all right and um so i've heard things so there's no celebrity it's radically simple it's just praying and singing and sometimes there's a sermon and uh anecdotally the sermons were all right but they weren't yeah. amazing which yeah. is actually an average church you know i mean you know you don't yeah. go to um but but god was doing something mm -hmm. um when toronto happened and and lots of people know about the toronto uh, uh the move of god that happened in toronto they call it toronto blessing you know or whatever yeah um a lot of people said yeah but what is the consequence mm -hmm. what is the takeaway for this because um there was a certain thing that happened i remember you and uh, and your mom deborah mentioned this which was a certain type of prayer which i think is really interesting and yeah. then share with me uh, and share with me share with everyone um what's been the takeaway post that event yeah that's really good um so so, so many things in that um i mean being there one of the things one of the overriding messages was was radical humility mm -hmm. so you know leaders who don't say their last name because they don't want anybody to know who they are um they were getting stopped by security regularly trying to get in to do their preaching slot because the security didn't know who they were <laughs> now just to just to set context like you know this is this this is this is might come across as a bit of a generalization but the, that stuff just does isn't normal for america no i get that yeah yeah, yeah. I, I actually think in england 
UK, the, the, the whole celebrity pasta thing is not quite the same. Yeah. yeah. There may be some places where it's a bit like that, but I, th- I think that's because in England, the idea of being, I mean, I used to get bullied in school because my dad was a pastor. Yeah, like yeah, 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 that yeah. wouldn't happen in America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, for yeah, the yeah. most part, like yeah, yeah. this is quite a prestigious role. It's an important role. I actually like that. I actually think that's good. I think that's yeah, healthy. So, so um, radical humility. So radical humility. Um, you know, stripping things back so it's just the presence of God. Yeah. And they were desperately not. They were desperately trying to not hype anything up. Yeah. Um, you know, and so when they were given the altar call, they would literally, you know, for somebody to become a Christian, they'd literally go through like all of these things so that to make sure that people aren't responding to anything to do with hype, anything to do with fear, anything to do with, you know, just getting caught up in the moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. All of that emotion, all of that, not that any of that stuff's bad. They weren't even saying it was bad. They were just trying to make it just no hype at all. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if you ever want to come forward at any moment during the time you're here, just come forward. You don't need to come forward at a specific time. There's no special mm-hmm. anointed person that, you know, and I believe in anointed people, but yeah. I think they were just trying to just desperately make sure that if anything happened, it was most probably Jesus, <laughs> you know, and I, I just <laughs> I really appreciated that authentic heart and that desire for just jesus to be glorified just jesus to be honored yeah yeah. Um, and so there's there's and there's a whole background to this even breaking out that i will touch on in a moment which you were referring to about about prayer yeah um but there were sort of three things that um a guy called zach who i've been connecting with a little bit who preached the message before everything happened yeah yeah he sort of highlighted three things that he kind of says is like yeah this is this is kind of was the mark of what we were trying to do uh consecrated space so so all the stuff i've just described having a space where nothing of the flesh is allowed no hype is allowed nobody's allowed to be a celebrity we're not manipulating people yeah, yeah. it's yeah. a consecrated space just for the presence of god yes the second thing is contending community. So contending, this idea of prayer, which I'll touch on in a minute, and then community, you know, not just one person leading it, but a lot, a group of people together. Yes. And then the final thing was crushed character, which is very unusual for me. Very like you don't hear, you hear people, some people talk about integrity and character and stuff but you very rarely hear crushed character. Yeah. Um, and he said, he said this thing, he, he talked about, you know, you would play the game in school or with your kids where you try and put your hand on each, on top of each other's hands and to yeah, see yeah, yeah. who can, who can keep their hand on the top. So he was saying, what we're all trying to do is see who can put our hand on the bottom. We're competing with one another to go lower. There's not a competition to get to the highest point. We're actually competing who can go lower. Yeah. And he said, there's green rooms with great preachers, but then there's prayer rooms with crushed friends. Yes. I loved that. I love this idea of, hey, let's, you know, 
green rooms they are what they are like and being a great preacher like it is what it is but actually we need a group of friends who are, allow the crushing of the lord what's that well you know jesus said in luke 9 23 person who's going to follow me must deny themselves take up their cross and follow me yeah For me that sounds like before you follow jesus there's some crushing <laughs> of the yeah. flesh that needs to go on there's this lord crucify any desire in me that wants to be at the top yeah. that wants to be the man of power for the hour that yeah. wants to be the great leader that wants to be seen a guy called pete winter who pastors um saint paul's hammersmith church down in london he's a good friend of mine i remember him asking a group of young leaders including myself this question last year he said um he was talking about you know wanting to wanting revival and he's yeah. basically saying you know when you say do you want revival do you picture yourself at the center of it uh -huh. you know do you want revival but do you have to be the leader yeah. like do you want revival but you don't even like have to be there or be part of it are you willing to be the one who prays revival in yeah. in the secret place and nobody will ever know your name you know and i think that's what i think about when i think about crushed character it's yeah yeah i want to see a generation of young people rise up who are on fire for the lord who want to go mm. out and preach the gospel and i would love to be a part of it lord you know i don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to be a part of it but i don't need to be seen and i don't need to be known now i'm not going to play the false humility game you know i'm going to stand up and take the position that whatever god gives me yeah of course but i'm certainly not going to jostle for position yeah yeah, yeah and put yeah. my name out there and i'm going to do whatever i can to have a a, a crushed character yes. Um, yes but yeah we can we can touch on the prayer thing in a, in a second yeah so well t tell us about this because there was a certain type of prayer yeah that preceded um because Aisbury was actually, and this this move of God, which you know we, we need to say, it it has ended because everyone was just knackered, it was mm. just really tired because it was obviously twenty four seven for weeks and weeks. You get to a point where you're burnt out, which is not an unusual thing. This is usually the case with revivals that people do get burnt out. We we had an episode with a chap, and um, and that's one of those things. Just people run out of puff. Um, but what preceded? even that sermon what was the ingredients there that were helpful yeah really good um i think that they could have gone on and on with the revival i think they sort of i think that they through the heart of what you've just said sort of could see that down the road yeah we're like we're not going to do that they also had the issue of being on a functioning university and the university had to get back to <laughs> education and stuff yeah they, they also didn't you know what i've just said they didn't want it to be about them or be this special place where only the presence of god is here and they were yeah, saying sure, sure. Back home. you know it's not about come here it's about go out and i think they felt that from the beginning that this wasn't necessarily meant to be this thing that goes on and on and on but it was a catalyst for other things to happen and a friend of mine described it in this way it's like a boiling pot before it boils you know you get one bubble that comes up 
Mm-hmm. And then after a while, another bubble comes up and then you start to see all these different bubbles yes. like popping up. And that's kind of what happened, you know, Asbury bubbled up. Yeah. But then we started to hear about Stanford University and Lee University. And then you're hearing reports of church services in other countries, you know, going over their normal time. And then it feels like right now we're in this bubbling season where lots of people are reporting unusual activity, lots of prayer going on, lots of worship, lots of people getting more and more focused on revival souls more than ever before. And I think that is the mark for me of a successful revival. <laughs> mm, mm, it's it's mm, not yeah. about this one special place that, you know, would be really, really hard for everyone else to replicate or one special preacher who's who's got the word for the season. You know, again, I believe that preachers, you know, preachers are anointed and they do have words for seasons. Mm-hmm. But this was about how do we get this out into the real world day to day where the gospel is preached, where the poor are taken care of and where church communities start to pray. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, so just that aside, um, we learned from some of the leaders who were there on the ground that there'd been years and years of what they call travailing prayer. that had been going on on the ground through the university uh, for years before it happened yes one of the guys had been over to the hebrides oh yeah which i find very interesting that somebody came over to the uk to learn about a move of god went back to america and a move of god happened and then i went from the uk to america to experience a move of god to come back to hopefully see a move of God here. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, well, they talked about travailing prayer, and uh, it, essentially it's 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 desperate prayer. It's contending prayer. It's a prayer that, you know, you don't expect to move God if you first aren't moved yourself. Mm-hmm. It's a prayer that It's a prayer that's sort of being prayed from your innermost being before yeah. it comes out of your mouth. It's... It's the prayer that makes you weep before it makes you speak. It's, mm. it's, um, I heard a friend of mine say this recently, Tim Alford. I don't know who the original quote is from, but I heard Tim Alford say it. It's better in prayer, it's better to have a heart without words than words without a heart. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, yeah, it's yeah. a prayer from the heart, from that deep emotional place. Yeah. Um, and so this guy, David Thomas, he wrote a book called To Sow for a Great Awakening. And he actually released it about two He's one of the professors at Asbury. He actually released this book about two years before Asbury broke out. Huh. And he was saying, if we pray like this, we're going to see a move of God. We might not see it in our lifetime, but we're laying the foundations for the next generation. Wow. And um, it's a free book. You can find it online. It only takes 15, 20 minutes to read. Um, to Sow for a Great Awakening. And he's got this section in in this book about travailing prayer that, you know, it's the kind of thing that in the West we would associate with the way people in Africa pray. Yeah, or South Korea. Yeah, the way people in South Korea pray. Yeah, yeah. But when you read Davis Thomas's book, you realize it's the way the people in the Bible prayed. Yeah, yeah. The way the early church prayed. And actually, I have a friend of mine, James Aladdin, who's from Nigeria, mighty prayer warrior, lives in the UK now as a missionary. Yeah. He will tell you that it was white English people that came over to Nigeria yeah. with their coffins 
because they were ready to die to preach the gospel in Nigeria. And those guys prayed like that. It's really interesting. So it's not actually something that is African or is Korean. And it's not actually just something that is biblical or is from the early church. It's actually something that we once had as a nation that we've lost, that we've forgotten about, that we've potentially been burnt out on. We've become disappointed, disillusioned, discouraged. You know, there's some of us have been through incredible suffering and we just don't know if we can believe God again for a miracle. And, and, that is part of that painful process that we have to go through where we have to say, Lord, before we see a public revival, I need to be revived personally. Yeah. I need you to wake me up. I need you to shake me up. I went through that personally over the COVID lockdown. I think many of us did. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I, I think we are in the UK. I think we're in a melting pot that is ready that is ripe to see something move. And I'm excited because I just feel like any day we're going to hear a report of something break out in the UK uh, that yeah. is unexplainable, that is is a move of God. Or we're just going to see it everywhere and people are just going to operate in that day to day. I don't know. I, I don't know whether God wants to do that sort of one place outpouring in a specific place at a specific time or whether he is actually moving things towards a global revival, which yeah, arguably eschatologically, like that's what we're moving towards in the end times is a global revival where millions are saved and Jesus comes back. And you know, that you just, just makes you wonder really, but whatever God is doing, I want to be a part of it. You know, I'm not going to pretend yeah. to understand it all and know it all, but well, I want the- to have a- I want to pray the prayer that Isaiah prayed, you know, here I am, send me. The, the thing that I find very fascinating about revival and awakenings, awakening is when people have not been awake, where mm. revival, if those are people who have been awake, but went to sleep and right. need to be revived. Right. And, and, and I think we probably all go through seasons of revival in our own personal pilgrimage. Mm. There are moments, and and I was I was chatting with someone about the fact that we usually don't change our habits until we realise the current habits that we have just aren't really working that well. Uh. <laughs> and, and isn't it funny, obviously, with the Beatitudes, that blessed are those who are at the end of their rope. Yeah, theirs is the kingdom of God, and you know we are in a, as you say, a melting pot where economically, yeah, our, our, our mental health, our spiritual health, our the society, everything around us is just—it's not comfortable. Yeah. The 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 the, the, uh, um, the scaffolding, the pillars that we have around us, those things that protect us, are saying, "Nah, they're not really working." Mm. Um. You and and your mum, your mum Deborah, she 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 uh, mentioned to me that you had an event in Wolverhampton, um, where I think it's Steve Upple um, is involved in in that in that tiny city. It's not a very big city, and something happened that triggered something between the two of you. That I was a I maybe we should have a chat and see if we can do this in other spaces and places because 
Well, tell a story about that, and then let's talk a, a wee bit a bit more about what that looks like next. Yeah, so my mum and I have had prophecies for a long time from other people saying we are going to do more things together. We've we've tried our best to press into that in prayer, to try and seek the Lord more, but it kind of felt like a miss. It definitely felt like a word from God, but it felt like one of those mysterious word words from God that is just going to happen. Yeah, you know when it happens, but we need to stay prayerful and not just sit on the couch with it <laughs> but yeah. you know but it it does feel like it's a it's a time that's just going to come and um all of last year you know we've been seeing incredible things as 24/7 prayer youth all across the nation of young people turning back to god like never before radically committing to him the conviction of the holy spirit you know eyes being opened healings taking place you know just really things that i've not seen for a long well probably never really properly seen in my short ministry life of 15 years yeah. with young people and so it definitely felt like god was on the move god was on the cusp of something and then my mum went and did one of her normal rock conversations she you know she runs a charity called redeeming our communities works to bridge the gap between the church and the community yeah and um, she was doing one of her rock conversations where they gather people from across the church and community in Wolverhampton and a group of young people show up. Huh. My mom is thinking, this is great, you know, and they, a few of the young people say, oh yeah, we've just been at an event with your son, Josh Green, you know, it's great. And, you know, mom got to pray with them. And, and there was just this sense from the group that maybe we need to bring the, the generations together and do something in Wolverhampton right right and so they so that all got booked in late january this year um and it, it, it was one of the first things i did when i landed back from asbury yeah was was this event where me and my mum were speaking together and me and my mum were very excited about it but we were not expecting what happened you know a, a whole bunch of people turned up from across wolverhampton yeah. And the hunger in the room was just electric. I mean, in the pre-service, in the pre-prayer gathering, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, you know, I was praying for a pastor and he got slain in the spirit. And, you know, the, the prayer meeting ran over and we didn't realize that the event had already started upstairs. And so we oh, all went wow. upstairs and the worship began. It was a couple of young people leading the worship and it was just beautiful and you know, my mum starts speaking, the plan goes out the window and I, I get up to speak and a whole bunch of stuff is happening, but the Holy Spirit just begins to start breaking out. Wow. And, uh, you know, we took up a spontaneous offering for somebody who uh, works for Fusion, uh, yeah, working with yeah. students. And we said, you know, this is this guy's working with the generation that we're contending for. Let's do a spontaneous offering. And he walks out of the room with a handful of cash and tears streaming down his face. And it was just incredible. Then a, then a lady got physically healed uh, who hadn't been able to sing for months. She was a worship leader, hadn't been able to sing for months. She had a chest problem and, you know, she got prayed for and God physically healed her. She began yeah. to sing in that moment. Prophecies were released over church leaders. And, every, and you know, me and my mum are just driving back. That, that was only a small portion of it. But me and my mum were driving back like, what has just happened? <laughs> and I basically spent the entire year, last year, 2022, 
driving back on my own, calling my wife, saying, what has just happened? Seeing unprecedented things with young people. And now my mum is beginning to see it. And so she's just got the bit between her teeth. She wants to get all around the nation and and stuff like this. And, you know, 24-7, we want to cheer her on in doing that. And, um, you know, she's really going to lead the charge in in that. And I can try and support her the best I can. And so will 24-7. But, you know, really, it just feels like, regardless of what happens, it feels like God is turning up the heat. He's calling his people to pray and fast like never before. He's calling us to keep our eye on the next generation, to not lose them. Mm-hmm. You know, by the way, the world is turning up the heat too. Yeah. The devil is turning up the heat too, and we're not going to get into specific areas of how he's going to do that um, because it would take too long to explain, but I think we all know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. And, um, you know, 2 Timothy 4 even talks about, you know, being careful that, there will be a time when people move away from sound doctrine and mm. you know that we are in that time right now and you know yeah, in that yeah. time we could all lick our wounds and hide behind you know closed doors in our church buildings but the reality is we all look around and say well there's not very many of us anymore yeah we feel like yeah. A, a remnant you know which that word means survivor we kind of glamorize it a little bit, but it's not a glamorous word. It's a bunch of people who survived after Babylonian captivity. You know, it's we're we're just the ones that are left. And I feel like we all feel a bit like that in the UK. Well, maybe we don't have very much and maybe we're not well resourced. And maybe, you know, you know, some of our buildings are being sold off into other hands. And maybe we kind of feel like, you know, there's less than 1% of people who are, you know, evangelical Christian in the nation, but we're still here. Mm, mm. We're still breathing. We're still standing. And while we're still standing and while we're still breathing, we're going to fight and we're going to pray and we're going to seek the Lord. And even if we're old or even if we're young, we're going to go after this nation. And um, yeah, if I have time, I'd love to read this uh, quote that I, I found the other day from, from William Booth, but I'll let you talk while i try and find it (laughs) so i think for me what what the 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 takeaway for this is that god is wanting to break into people's lives Mm. but we need to give him and the time to do it yeah the other thing that's very clear is that it ain't about ourselves it's Mm. about the the god being revealed in through uh, and with us I a lot of the listeners will know I'm a, a very very strong advocate for ecclesia, which is obviously the that movement of transforming your spaces of influence yeah. that you're involved with, and that the gatherings are not about the temple. It's not about the synagogue. It's a gathering of when two or three are gathered together, I am there, and then I when we want to in in uh, influence a space, we bring the full force, the full force of the kingdom of God into that space just how they did it in rome just how so when the romans wherever they went they brought the roman way and they transformed it to become roman mm. and, I, and I, it's it is hilarious i had a friend of mine who whatsapp me uh just last night said hey matt do you want to come to a prayer meeting i said yeah sure when he said oh it's uh four till seven great in the morning <laughs> <laughs> i politely declined i said i'd be with you in spirit <laughs> 
But the challenge to me and the challenge to all of us is how badly do we want to see God move? That's it. That is it. How how badly do we want to see it? And I think when we come to grips with that question, that's only then when we can properly pray. Yeah. It was uh, its origin in the second century who said, it's weeping and weeping alone that God pays attention to. Yeah. Because, you know, we know from the story of the Hebrews in Exodus that God heard their groaning and responded by raising up a deliverer in Moses. So there wasn't really any articulate formula or beautiful prayer that was that was given out. It was it was hearts. It was hunger. And I think if 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 I can say in closing that um you know I think in the West we have got some pretty good beliefs. Mm. But I think those beliefs have made us become lazy when they weren't meant to. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, you know, the beliefs aren't wrong. You know, the good the the love of God is completely unconditional. The grace of God is absolutely what saves us. Those aren't wrong beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's made us some of us lazy. Yeah. Yeah. Because it kind of has made a few of us go, well, you know, the love of God is unconditional, so I don't need to do anything. No. The love of God is unconditional, so you don't have to do anything for your salvation. <laughs> yes. yes, yes. But there's other people who aren't saved, so what are we going to do about it? You know. So I always say that the love of God is unconditional, but a move of God is absolutely conditional on whether His people pray. You know, and and two Chronicles seven fourteen is absolutely clear on this. It begins with the word "if." There's a condition right there. If. Yes. My people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. Then I'll hear from heaven, forgive their sin and heal their land. I mean, that is abundantly clear. You know, in common tongue, if you do this, I will do this, says the Lord. (laughs) If you will pray, I will move, says the Lord. You know, and I think sometimes we want to overcomplicate it and and we kind of all, all stuck in the how. And the why, instead of just saying, actually, childlike faith, I just believe you at your word, God, and I'm just going to go for it and see what happens. I think God's looking for men and women, young and old, who are saying, let's put the how and the the why to one side, although they're important, and although we can continue to discover those. Whilst we're trying to discover those, let's get on with the job. Let's pray and seek the Lord's face and contend for a move of God. Yeah, yeah. Like before. And by the way, we don't just want a revival. We actually need a revival. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that's it. I mean, we need a revival to bring transformation into into a society that is absolutely going the wrong way. Yeah. So, look, just I, I know you, uh, we're just drawing to a close. Did you find that quote? Yes, I found that quote. It's um, it's William Booth um so you know somebody from from our our place yep and um knowing well well i don't know him well but yeah another time for another story you know we all we all know of him right you know and salvation army and and all that kind of stuff and so he says um as women weep as they do now i'll fight while children go hungry as they do now i'll fight 
while men go to prison in and out, in and out as they do now, I'll fight. While there is a drunkard left, while there is a poor lost girl on the street, while there remains one dark soul without the light of God, I'll fight to the very end. Come on. I love that. That's, that's, our, so spiritual, that's our spiritual heritage in this nation. Those are the guys who, you know, grabbed their coffins, went over to Nigeria and preached the gospel, even though their lives depended on it. You know, and it's time, it's time to get back to some of that radical devotion and radical dependency on the Lord. I know that uh, your mom is going to be doing some events around the country. You guys, 24-7, yeah. yourself, will be supporting in different ways. Yeah. Um, for those people who are, there's, they want to know more about a bit about what you do, how can yeah. they reach out to you? Yeah, so 247prayer.com, so 24-7prayer.com. Got all of our resources on how to pray, how to set up prayer rooms in your churches, how to get plugged into our, um, excuse me, Lectio 365 app, which helps people pray day and night from their phones. Yeah. Um, you can find our new prayer course for young people called origins which is just the basics of how to pray for 11 to 16 year olds Amazing. and we're also doing a bunch of events up and down the country gathering young people to pray and seek the lord and then we've got wildfires festival which is happening at the end of may which is a festival that's that's set up to contend for a great awakening in the next generation and the generations that exist now so it's a festival set up for revival that's happening at the end of may uh after big church day out on the same site so a uh, big church festival sorry so yeah that's kind of a little bit of what we're up to but 247prayer.com and wildfiresfestival.com are the best places to find out what we're doing josh you've been a star mate thank you bless you guys so just to say thank you so much for tuning in to this episode and uh, if you want to catch up with any other episodes do go on to the anchor seasoned four um, portal and uh, you'll see all of the other episodes that I've done also check us out on obviously iTunes through uh, Apple and with your Android and all of your other different places like Spotify that you get to listen to your podcasts equally if you are someone who uses Twitter um, we are seasoned for life and um, we have posts of all sorts there and then this is the next new thing if you're really interested why don't you come and join our learning community it's on facebook it's a group of people who are asking questions about what does it look like to be seasoned for purpose anyway thanks again for listening and uh, we'll look forward to connecting with you next time